Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Did you catch the score of the Iron Bowl today? Which no, sir. Impacts, potentially impacts where you guys go in the postseason. Uh, sound like rat poison to me. I've got to focus on Baylor this week. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. It is time for another edition of the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. Uh, Karen Murdoch, Eddie Radosevich, Bob, Bob Prisbillo is with us. And uh, we are just back from Stillwater, America, uh, where the Sooners have uh, defeated the Cowboys in Bedlam 34-16. to It was uh, not an easy victory, but not a difficult victory. And guys, I think, uh, Bob, you wrote about it in your postgame. Let's start there. Kennedy Brooks defeats Chuba Hubbard. It's not that simple, but yeah, I mean, that was a huge storyline going in. We all knew Chuba needed 168 to get to But it wasn't a storyline. Like, nobody said, oh, how's Kennedy Brooks going to match up with right. Chuba Hubbard? Yeah, was, Chuba was the storyline heading into the right. game, and it's Brooks that we're all talking, coming after, the way he was just so steady, so consistent. It wasn't like he had that big run. His right. longest run of the day was 18 yards. That's how efficient he was throughout the entire night. But he still, he averages 7.3 yards per carry. And it really was, you know, it was hovering at 8 and above. Uh, but they kind of rode him, at, you know, to close out the game at the end when they were, you know, basically selling out to stop him in his average. But he and Chuba Hubbard, uh, essentially the same number of carries. Chuba ends up with 24, Brooks 22. But Kenny Brooks has 160 yards uh, to Chuba's 104. They both have a touchdown. And Chuba... I never would have guessed this going in, Eddie. He averages 4.3 yards a carry. Oh, he was really good. I mean, they never really got him loose. Uh, in the first quarter, I guess it was... 22 what, that, was yep. his longest. It was 22 on, yards on, on, the, uh, yeah. on the left side yep. over there on the Oklahoma sure State was. sideline. Outside of that, though, Oklahoma was dominant tonight, and it was, uh, it was the complete game, I think, that a lot of people have been looking for just as far as uh, both sides of the, uh, of the ball. Uh, offensively, I, I thought in the third and fourth quarter specifically, uh, they kind of fed off the defense again in, yeah. in that they were Agreed. able to to play physically uh, up front, and you saw an offensive line that once again in the month of November is starting to uh, really kind of become uh, the, the face of the program, if you will, just as far as they can turn around and they were running at will 
against Oklahoma State on Saturday night. And it was, uh, in a way, it's kind of a beautiful thing to watch them uh, operate in close games and just kind of take the will out of teams. I, I thought, you know, Bob, you talked to Adrian Ely after the game. I was over with some other of the defensive guys, but uh, it just it, it seemed like any time that they needed three yards, they got four yards. Exactly. Anytime they needed 12 yards, they'd get 13 yards. It was... And if they got third and long, Jalen Hurts would come up with a pass completion. Yeah, and it was it was a it was a dominant performance. I don't think there's any other way to say it than uh, the only thing that you left out there tonight was a Ramondre Stevenson 29 yard <laughs> touchdown run that would have made it uh, 41 16. 24 yards. 24. Or, or was yeah. it 29? 24. 24. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he had the 29 yarder before that. I think is a what I was thinking. 45 yarder, then a 29 yarder that would have been a touchdown. And then you think he had a 15 after that. I mean, that was almost a little embarrassing for Oklahoma State. Oh, he's just trying to run out the clock, and Ramondre Stevenson's coming out there. water a lot, though. Trey, Trey Sermon. Yeah. A couple no, years ago. No doubt about it. I, I think Chris Brown did it, too. From a impressive standpoint, though, that was probably what Oklahoma fans have been looking for for the last couple of weeks. And it was... Uh, it, it just it, it was pretty impressive the way they were able to go about doing that and on to the next one Big 12 championship and then uh, who knows guys I, I I think that we can officially say that Oklahoma is in the hunt to get back into the college football playoff if you, you if you weren't to do always like a already an are you show doing the into like 30 minutes in like <laughs> five, are you well, trying to do it, like a 45 minute show in five minutes yes just like the YouTube edition of the Eskridge Lexus post game oh, no. are you gonna ravel off every subject topic that we I'll, have let me yell a little bit and then we can put it on YouTube to get back to Chuba eight carries 25 yards in the second half yeah unbelievable incredible and uh, one really big play. They had a couple of uh, turnovers on downs, but the biggest one, it was fourth. And would you call it a yard? Would you call it inches? Yeah. They give close. it to Chuba and they stuff Benito it. Benito stoned him. Oh, it was unbelievable to see that defense come out and play like that. And Lincoln talked about defending Chuba Hubbard uh, after the game. Yeah, I thought um, he had a little bit of room early. I made a few adjustments, settled in a little bit, fit, fit the run a little bit better as the game went on. Thought the D line was. Again, pretty disruptive. wasn't too many, you know, clean running lanes, especially after that first quarter. And uh, yeah, and then went, a few times he did get loose. We we got it, we did a good job of getting him on the ground, and we didn't let him. You know, he didn't pop the. His long was a twenty-two. You know, and that's he told us that for the game we'd have taken it. And uh, here was uh, quarterback Jalen Hurts talking about what the defense meant to the 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 performance and the win last the night last night. Something like that. Something. I think they played a heck of a game. Um, I think um, Piedmont showed up and, and made some plays consistently out through the game. Um, so the, he's one of the you know better cornerbacks in the country. Um, and um, I just think uh, every everybody played. Uh, we played good complimentary football today. And see, Eddie Radosovich, that's how you segue into another segment. <laughs> I liked how uh, anybody that listens to Lincoln Riley's press conference is going to be like, what the hell was going on in there? The, it, was the, the locker room it was the visiting locker room yeah. that had the music. Like, it was Thumping. literally was, shaking yes, the room. Absolutely. What did they bring? Like they, you can't, It was like that before the game, too. There's not a boombox like, that you can just bring and set in there. That That's makes a good that point. I have no idea. Like They literally set up a professional DJ sound system in that visiting locker That's room. That's not DJ VJ or whatever the... 
<laughs> Hell is Thank name you. Is. I almost I, I I censored myself. You should be happy crunch. about it's that. Three in the morning. There you go. Thank you. Uh so yeah, I mean Parnell Motley, holy shit. What a what a performance by him tonight. What a reversal. Two oh. years ago, benched in this game on on that field. Best what he did tonight. Best defensive back performance since I think you gotta go like Derek Strait. Wow. Nebraska two thousand. Wow. Well, no, Roy Williams, 2001, uh, the Red River rivalry. I mean, Superman, come on. Although the Arkansas Bowl game that year was an even later dominant performance. Uh, I don't know, Tony Jefferson, I think, had three picks had three in the game pick. against I, Ball I, State. I was going to say, what what determines it? Because if you're looking at numbers. Sorry, T. Jeff. Tony's game. Don't mean to forget you. In a way, though, I mean, defensively, and Motley was great, don't get me wrong, but is it fair to say, like, that's what you should do against a backup quarterback? But it was a dominant yes. performance. No, it was. It uh, was. By a quarterback. Oh, I mean, listen, how many times did we come into the studio or do it on the road last year and Zeb Nolan had thrown for 300 yards or insert bullshit secondary quarterback remember, in the big, in the conference? Remember what a celebration it was when Jet Duffy got shut down by the defense and oh, everybody yeah. was like, Jet Duffy sucks. He, yeah. he can't play football at all, but... It was impressive to watch sure. them make a quarterback look average for the first time. No, in a and long I, time. I think that that is a that is a sign that this team is getting better, that this defense is getting better. Hell, I'll even throw out there guys like Nick Benito and David Awegbu that you know for freshmen, it seems like they're starting to come on a little bit. But it, it was different with Motley because you got on Jaden Davis a couple times. You got penalties on Trey Brown. Motley was just in a different zone tonight than he's ever been in. And every time the ball went up in his direction, it was like it was his. Yes. Like he was just, it was like he was just floating out there behind the receiver, just waiting for the ball to come down to him. I was surprised he didn't get a pick that way. But I'm not sure. I want to go back and watch the, the TV replay. I have had multiple <laughs> text messages from family members, from friends that basically said what Josh told us in the DM group was Blaine Dino was like, I don't know how you basically you can't overturn it. I mean, it's an overturning of a call. Like you have to have irrefutable evidence to say that call was not right on the field. The way that it was called was not correct. I don't believe that I, I, I can say that you had irrefutable evidence after a couple of the angles I saw. No, I, I have no idea. And OU has had their fair share of, I don't think there's a conspiracy, believe me. And like Reggie Smith, by the way, the head ref, who, the guy that sounds like Obama, he, maybe that's why people hate him so much. Because um, he's black it, or because he here, sounds like Obama? Because he sounds like Obama. And right. screw you, Obama. Yeah. You know, um, but like he's not in charge of making that decision. That's a booth replay. Uh, am I British? A booth replay situation. He has no say in whether that call is overturned. Is he able though to say that's not how I see it? I, I guess I that's I always kind of I always yeah. kind of space out during the because rules. Because they get they thing do get the into 12. the headset with those people. But he I think he's allowed to say, well what about this or what about that? But there was only one camera angle of all the ones they all showed all us yeah. that made it look like his foot was out of bounds. And yeah, I didn't without see doubt. It. I if without that's a, doubt. a pick, it's twenty four seven and it gets bad in a hurry. Instead, it was seventeen ten, and gave oh uh, gave Cowboys life throughout oh, the rest was, of the first it half. It could have been a disastrous deal, but here's Lincoln Riley talking about the big night, and I asked him about you know just the, that performance overall and and how it was one of the more impressive ones I've seen in, in a long time. 
Yeah, and did it against you know good receivers in a big time environment. Yeah, he was awesome. I mean the 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 pick, the, the strip, tackled well, covered well. They went at him with a lot of double moves, and he was in great position. I thought he, I thought he really trusted his technique. You know, really throughout the entire game, um, made a lot of big plays. They 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 gave him a lot of opportunities, and he he certainly responded. It he, you could tell he wanted the ball thrown his way tonight, and that's how. You know, that's how what we've been pressing upon our guys. That's how you have to play that position. I mean, that's how you have to play any position. If you if you don't want the ball your way or don't want a chance to make the player to block, then you're not the right guy to be out there. And uh, he wanted it coming his way tonight and was ready and trusted his technique and made a lot of huge plays. How happy were you to see him get that, that last interception yeah. that might have been a little bit of a payback? For yeah, him. no, it was. It was fitting. You know, it was fitting because he made such a great play on the other one. And I, you know, you couldn't tell on the other one. We The replay certainly in the stadium looked like there was green in between his feet. But I, I don't know. They, I'm sure in the booth there they had some different looks for them to overturn it. It must have been pretty conclusive. So it was great for him to make it and yeah, very fitting for the kind of night he's had. And really he's been you know, very steady for us all year. And like you guys said, Jaden Davis has had his issues. Trey Brown, although Trey Brown, I think, you know, he gets a passing grade today. He had some nice pass breakups, he especially did. over the middle. Jaden Davis had the one missed tackle, but outside of that, he he did have a couple tackles yeah. there early that I thought kind of slowed everything down because it, it seemed like Oklahoma State was starting to get rolling uh, there. I, I, thought the, I think had it was a the second night. or third. Hey, Buki got beat a couple times, but he popped a couple guys, mm-hmm. and that's all you can really ask for the he, guy. He led the team in tackles. That's got to be a first See, that's, for him. See, that's shocking to me. I, yes. I didn't realize that. But, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, Delarian Turner-Yell had a couple of just what the F How do you have a moments? face mask in the middle of the field? Yeah, just dra- I never saw a replay. Was, I, did he? I didn't either. Did we've he get, never did seen he get a replay. Mm-hmm. I don't think they showed one they, on We've TV. never seen, seen that because they threw a deep ball where Motley was in good position. And then all of a sudden we find out personal foul face mask. And then Trey Brown got the penalty the very next play. It was just like giving them the entire field penalty yards. But between Motley's play and the defensive line, I thought, you know, I saw some good things from Ronnie Perkins. Uh, but, Bob, I know the the youngsters were the guys that really impressed you the most. It was. I mean, David Aguebu was in there like crazy. It was like, Benito started this game. Where did he go? And it just worked out well in the second half. Just kept going, rotating in and out. Aguebu, fourth down stop. Benito, fourth down stop. This is what you want to see, and it's just kind of hard to believe. You know, they're both freshmen, and could they make that leap after John Michael Terry went down if they play like that? Jeez, there's that the whole setting the edge on the defense has been such a concern the and, last couple months. And Aguebu, man, he is so not ready for this physically and he's making all these plays like he is going to be a monster one of these days like he has all the potential first round draft pick like if you can say who what youngster on this team is the next freak i think it's a a guaybu without a doubt i don't think that's crazy at all i mean he's just so long yeah i mean he's not he's not physically mature like ronnie perkins is no ronnie perkins is they they haven't had a Ronnie Perkins down there in a while. I think it's fair to say that. Well, and I'll say this. I'm still wondering where Caleb Kelly fits in on the defense after tonight. Yeah, it's going to take... I think it's one of those things that it's just going to take some time for him to find his... Um, kind of find his legs, if you will, again. It's a new it, defense to him. It, it's very obvious that he does not like wearing that. I mean, he's even talked about it. He does yes. not like wearing that brace. And 
I don't know if that's the situation that they end up letting him get out of the brace at some point uh, when his knee gets fully uh, healed, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it just seems like that's something that he's still kind of fighting a little bit uh, as far as running around. But, you know, I, I thought it, it kind of goes back to what Oklahoma has been unable to do in, in recent years defensively. And is you don't have to get stops every time. You don't have to get three and out, three and out, three and out. If you hold guys to a field goal, if you hold teams to a field goal, and I thought it was really important that they did that at times in the first half, that you can get away with it. And it's okay to give up some points. Teams are going to score points in the in 2019. That's just the way that shit works in college football nowadays. Yeah. Look, in, mm. look in Auburn, Alabama today, what happened. I mean, pe- people are going to score points. But if you can trade those seven and sixes for threes, it makes everybody's life so much easier. And then you throw in a couple turnovers, uh, and it just everything is so much easier. I, I think it's interesting because, you know, the first play of the game, Lincoln Riley runs Kennedy Brooks, and he's kind of that's kind of set the tone. They get the ball to start the game. He runs Kennedy Brooks. They get their offense going. What was their first drive? Four plays, 75 yards? Yeah, like, it, was, it, was, it was boom, boom, boom. And I thought the Nick Basquin catch on the sideline, I thought was one of the best plays all night that nobody will ever talk about. What's, what's really strange is, I mean, you have all this, this, I don't know, turmoil around the team because of turnovers and, you know, why haven't they been able to win games more convincingly when they played? Has better? there been turmoil though? I think there has been. I mean, I, I just, mean, I think there's been confusion. Sure, I would say maybe that's a better frustration. Word than maybe a little bit of frustration. But like you watch this team tonight, Lincoln Riley made some really good decisions. You know, yeah. the the and Nick uh, Nick Basquin the the touchdown pass he threw, like perfect. Coming out of the timeout. Per- like, it wasn't perfect, though. Like, he made that play happen. It could have been a mess. It could have been oh, really yeah. ugly. Like, he was being converged on, and he realized this is not going well. But, oh, there's Jalen Hurts, and no one was is within 20 yards. Let me just lob this MF-er up in the in the air. And I, I say, 20 look, yards? It was a, like a five-yard touchdown. No, pass. but he was he, at, like, the 20. Was he? he? By the time he got it to See, the I, lamb, I couldn't tell that. Then to the field, yeah. Yeah. Basquin, and Nick's like, because there's so much pressure coming at me. No, that was like a 30-yard pass. Yeah, it was, was really? Him, yeah. wow. Because he's throwing it to the other side of the field, yeah. too. He was able to relax because the pressure was coming. So instead of trying to think about how he's going to get this ball to a wide-open Hurts, he just had to go on instinct and it actually made the play a lot, easy, a lot easier. But guys, wow. I mean, Jalen Hurts ran 16 times tonight, and some of those were not designed. I mean, some of those were just scrambled. Uh, and you did see him stand in the pocket a little bit more, sometimes to his detriment, but I think you just need to go through that if you're Jalen Hurts. You do need to get sacked sometimes. It's better for him to stand there and try and find receivers down the field than it is to keep taking off time and time again. But... it. I you know this whole thing that started with Mike Gundy you know talking about you know being a one man show uh be, you know the wishbone I mean Lincoln Riley was asked about that I'm glad he finally addressed that uh but he was kind of just asked about his thoughts on what what Mike Gundy had to say if he heard those comments and uh, if he had any comments a comment for the comment yeah I I I mean I I didn't agree a whole lot with the one man show thing but that's I mean you know, however we get defined, as long as it's, you know, as we're winning and offensively we're scoring enough points to win, that's that's all I care. Um, you know, we, I think you know our, our quarterbacks have been successful over the last several years. Jalen's no different, but we've uh, 
you know, you look at what our other players have done, O-line, running backs, you know, tight ends. We've won a Blitnikoff, Mackey. We've had an All-American receiver tied in every single year that we've been here. Um, we've, we've got a litter of offensive linemen playing in the NFL um, with more to go. So, you know, we've we, we got a good group. Like, all these guys contribute to it. It's certainly not a one-man show. The wishbone comment, I took that as a complete compliment. I think it's one of the great offenses ever. It means you're spreading the ball around, you're physical, getting your playmakers the ball in space and letting them play. So I, I thought he was spot on. So if we put that to bed? Yeah, I think yes. so. If, if Mike Gundy was trying to play mind games, it didn't work. No, I mean. Because Kennedy Brooks came out and. He ran the ball down the throat. Ran it down your throat and out-dueled your own Chuba Hubbard. Had to be frustrating. I know we talked about it a little bit on the way home, just as far as the Oklahoma State fan base, but to be outmanned, outcoached, outphysicaled to that extent tonight had to have been frustrating up there. You could and you, you had could, one you could moment, sense it. You could sense you, it in the in the stands as well. You had one moment. It was a mass exodus after uh, after they stopped him on the fourth down. As an OSU fan, there was uh, you had one moment in time where you felt like this might be our night, and that was before halftime. You score, uh, you make it a 10-point game, you get the ball coming out, or was it a 7-point game? It was seven. a 7, because they held them to a field goal right Because they halftime. had like a 5-minute drive to end the first half, and then they got the ball right. to start the second half. So, Ronnie, yeah. Ronnie Perkins comes up, and twenty to the, 13 the play that nobody minute. talks about is the Kenneth Murray stop at the 3-yard line yes. on, the, on, the, on the pass, Where because Jaden Davis, Davis had fallen... He fell. He, he no, fell he down, or he, he jumped it. He tried to go for the ball, okay. and he missed that. And Murray needed to make that tackle. And then you had the false start that backed Pushed him, him back up to the eight yard And then line. inexplicably, try to run Chuba. They try to run <laughs> Chuba up the middle, which I guess in hindsight, it, when it doesn't work, you say, "Oh, that that was asinine." Why they do Chuba that? Hubbard, yeah. But if you pass the ball there, you probably say, "Why didn't you give the ball to your best player?" You know that's. They did third down runs with Chuba like that last year, and it worked mm. every single time. You know, I thought had to have flashed before Mike Gundy's mind right there is, and I want to, I want to get it right. I think it was Rudolph though, but who threw the interception right on like the two yard line? Uh, and it would have been twenty. The one that Okoronkwo got. I want to say yeah. Was yeah, that, I want to say that, like that was, was that Rudolph? It would have been Rudolph. Or would it yeah. have been Shelf? When Kenneth mm-hmm. Ma- Kenneth Mann hit him, like I'm not sure which. Is this the Blake Bell game? I don't know which which no, play you're asking. I don't think so. That no, would have been after that. Yeah. Talk about the interception in the end zone when Oklahoma State was driving in. And that, was that the one where the cheerleader kicked Eric Stryker? That was 2013. Okay. Yeah, that was after it was either 15 or 17. I can't remember. I don't think it like, was 13. Will Johnson. Yeah, I think it was Will Johnson. Interception in the end zone in yeah. 2017? I think it might have been 2017. I don't know. Either way, I thought that that's what kind of went through Gundy's mind was, we have to get points at some point yeah. here. Don't make any bad decisions in which you end up after a five-minute drive and don't get anything. So that, that I can understand why they gave the ball to Hubbard, but, I mean, it's here nor there. I don't think it really would have mattered. No, and, and their defense was just fantastic. By the way... Um, I'm just going to I'm going to give it up because every damn game you know who surprises me you probably all know who surprise I mean like I think I can't be surprised anymore yet he he just continues to surprise me 
Gabe Burkich. Gabe Burkich. <laughs> Thank you for reading you my mind. You can't be. You shouldn't be surprised anymore. The dude got the sauce. He's unbelievable. I thought the him and the Matt Amendola, uh, it was a 42 and a 43 yarder. Is that Correct. right? Yes. Those are two of the best kicks I've seen in person in my entire life. Did you see how Did close you see? the Amendola that would have been was good to... from 44? Yeah. No. It I... was unbelievable. <laughs> really? Barely crossed it. <laughs> that would it was not one have of been those, good. Like when, you, when you're a kid and you want to see if you can punt a ball behind you. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it looked like. It started off and then it just started boomeranging just, back toward him. Like it was not an impressive kick. Did not know if it had in the leg. Like, it was. It was impressive. The, I mean, I don't to make think, it in that wind. Yeah, that's that's. Unless you were there tonight, I don't think you can. It can be described. I mean, unless you live in Oklahoma and you just step outside. Yeah. But but the wind, was knocking it out of both ends of the end zone. I thought yes. that was the most interesting part. Is he was doing it into the wind yeah. as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that just tells me that I don't know why they don't try and kick the ball out of the goddamn end zone every single time. He can do it. He has the leg to do it. They've got a decent coverage team, though. I mean, the one time they tried to bring it out, they got him at the 15 or whatever. Yeah. Not one time, but one time when they did, they got him at, like, at the 15. If you really want to take anything out of this team right now or or gripe about anything the way that they played, I guess you could take it uh, as far as the Trey Brown return game is probably not the best that it's ever been. but Bob has almost got to the point where he's begging for them to kick it to T.J. Pledger. He looked good last yeah, week. He, he had did. two chances. Both of them were 30-yard returns. Put them in much better spot. Okay, I think we've broken down a lot of the highlights of the game uh, so far, so it's time for us to do this. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus Player of the Game. All right, uh, it's going to be a tough one, although it's really not that tough. I mean, uh, I think we know that Kennedy Brooks was the savior tonight uh, for Oklahoma. A lot of other you know people have stepped up. Although you guys want to make a case for Parnell Motley, I will I mean, definitely make that. Mondays with Motley, I will make that case for Motley. The way he turned that game with that strip recovery, got the defense relaxed and play with their hair on fire all at the same time, and it just set the tone for what that night was going to be. They were so close on like four or five different turnovers, but they were of that mindset of attacking the ball. It's amazing what happens when you don't turn the ball over yourself. Yeah. You actually get credit for all the good stuff you do in a game Mm -hmm. and no blame. And then you forced other teams to kick field goals or just three and outs. And that was one thing I was saying. You know, Oklahoma State, they had a good feeling because they were only down by seven. They were getting the ball back. And then the defense comes out and gets a three and out like out of nowhere. Of course, it didn't really help because then OU got three and out when they got the ball. But it, it allowed that game to kind of settle in in the second half. Well, um, I, I think just at overall, even it's just there's so much confidence in the defense right now that they can force a three and out, or when Oklahoma does go three and out, they can get the ball right back. Here, the only stat I didn't bring up in all the stories I wrote: uh, Cowboys five seven third down, first half, o of five, yeah, o of three on fourth down, amazing. no conversions in the second half. That's amazing. A defense that's become a second half defense, Baylor. Now Oklahoma State. Well, the, I mean, to hold Chuba Hubbard to 25 yards in the second half is just... He did not break the 2,000-yard barrier. 
in the regular season because of the Sooners. Yeah, and I don't know if he will. I mean, I if I was given advice, I'd tell him to sit out of the bowl game. There's no reason to play. Especially if you go to the Camping World Bowl. Yeah, come on. Who's gonna? Who has a better bowl destination, Oklahoma State or Texas? Texas, because they're not going to go to Orlando in that shit stadium. I'd, I'd rather go to it'd the Cheez It Bowl. I mean, at least you go to Arizona. Yeah, it'd be it'd be good for Tom Herman to build some character out in Orlando. I agree. With all those families, he'd probably just try and ruin a bunch of people's families. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. All right, uh, God damn you, Eddie! You're making me do another. Awkward. Mid, you know, awkward. <laughs> I think Ed Eskridge would God, yeah, Ed, appreciate. Ed expects no different, I guess. I think he would appreciate our uh, disdain for Tom Herman. No comment. You just, I don't think you speak for Ed Eskridge, are I'm right? not. I'm, 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 just, right I'm just saying that, I mean, Tom Herman's a very unlikable person. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Eskridge Lexus, great travel partner of ours. Uh, they give us a car to take to, to road games. And uh, I'm telling you, we're experts on the Eskridge Lexus lineup because we've driven a lot of them around. But if you're looking for a sedan, a sports car, SUV, uh, and you want to enjoy your, you know, your trip, uh, there's no better way to do it than, than in a Lexus. I've owned one for over 10 years now. Um, but love the ES models. If, you, if you're if you a big-time spender, the LS is great. Uh, if you want an SUV, the uh, RXs are fantastic. We've had several of those. And we've even taken the NX recently, which is the smaller version. Uh, really great car. Eddie had plenty of room in the back. Uh, we had plenty of room for our gear. It was just a little bit smaller of a, a version of the RX. So all the luxury features had the uh, cruise control with the radar detection and the lane detection and all that. It's just... They're unbelievable cars. you got to go get a test drive at Eskridge Lexus. Uh, go to EskridgeLexus.com or uh, give them a call. Their uh, main uh, sales number, uh, 405-351-6422. Uh, ask to talk to Ed and, Ed and uh, tell him you're a Sooner Scoop uh, podcast listener or Sooner Scoop subscriber, and uh, he'll do a special deal. I know we've had uh, some folks recently uh, go out and uh, look at Eskridge Lexus and uh, decided that was the car for them. So we think if you do the same thing and you're in the market for one, uh, you will definitely get there. And I've done service with them for many years. Great service department. They take care of you. So uh, can't recommend Eskridge Lexus anymore and a great sponsor of the podcast too. Okay, so we move on. Baylor, round two, Arlington, Texas. Eddie in, uh, Eddie just came back from there yesterday. My God, you've been traveling. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is going to be interesting. I mean, Bears look this, good today. Bears look great today against Kansas. Uh, they're going to be fired up for this one. Matt Rule is a one hell of a coach. Biggest, this is, is this biggest game in Baylor history? I would say that TCU Thanksgiving game that had a... The 63-60 game or yeah, whatever. Had yeah, the, but uh, that was shoot. in the middle of October. That's the same day as o, was it? It OU Texas. Yeah, that should be because then they moved it. Because they, let they a moved pedophile. it the next year to try to make it a big oh, okay. game, and it didn't pan out. That game should be barred from history. Yeah, too, this late in the season, it's the our browsers allowing rape all over the campus. Yeah, it should it should be redacted. It's gonna be a fun atmosphere. I mean, obviously, I think. I don't know how many people Baylor will bring to Jerry World, but I mean it's gonna. Not that far. It'll be 
there will be a bunch of Oklahoma fans possibly playing for. And the the most exciting thing about it is is with no the Pac-12, Baylor line. The, no. Well, yeah. that that too. <laughs> but with the Pac-12 game being, being played on Friday, right, Oklahoma's going to kind of know yeah. what the what the what the count is, what or the how impressive is. you need to be. Sure, that'd be awesome if like they need to like <laughs> go win by sixty, and Riley's out there kicking onsides in the fourth quarter if OU's up. That'd be badass. No, I I don't think that it's going to come to that, though, because I I do think that it will be a game that um, I think Oklahoma's going to obviously – they're going to have to play really well. I think Baylor's a really good football team. And Baylor's going to be seven. I think it's going to be six versus seven because they'll jump Alabama. They'll jump Minnesota. I don't think Wisconsin will jump them. No. So it'll be six versus seven when it's all all said and done. Unless it's five versus seven. Yeah, true, true. I don't think the committee can move OU above Utah because you're kind of making a statement there that you, I mean, you could. I mean, maybe they feel like OU now that they've beaten Oklahoma State on the road. Well, it was Oklahoma's most, I mean, as much as they talk about complete teams and complete complete performances, it was the most complete performance OU's had all year. Against a better team than anybody Utah's beat, I I mean, Utah, what was the final score of that Colorado USC's their best win, I mean... They didn't win. Or they lost to USC. That's the, no, Their best win is what then? Um, they don't have one. Yeah, they BYU? Don't, they don't have one. They don't have a ranked I think, win. I think the stat of the day was probably the fact that Illinois will finish the season with more top 25 victories Alabama. than Alabama. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure did Illinois get beat by Northwestern today yes. in Champaign? Which, if you get beat by Northwestern in football, you should possibly think about disbanding your football program for at least a year. You could almost say the same thing about South Carolina, though, right now. Yeah. Was the final. 45-15 was the final of that Colorado, uh, that game against Colorado today for the Utes. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of dominoes to fall. I mean, everybody's going to be glued to that college football rankings show On Tuesday night, even though you shouldn't, but uh, as long as they keep Jim Moore off, apparently he's still saying stupid things God. about Baylor. This, Damn, this he's time an around. I just it shouldn't trigger me. It shouldn't anger me. But it's 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 shocking. I guess is the I best still way haven't to heard it. it yet. I was well. He just basically said that, that Utah has been amazing, and then he brought up Baylor and Oklahoma, and he talked about the high scoring powered offenses that each team has. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Baylor's all flash. It's like, okay, man. Baylor is anything but flash. <laughs> It's just shocking. Baylor literally has one of the most hard-hitting defenses I've seen in five years in this conference, in this league. Maybe longer than that. They're good, man. I mean, this is going to be a... It's kind of like we didn't know what was going to happen today. We thought, you know, oh, you could show up with the turnover machine like they have been and struggle. I mean, I legitimately thought Oklahoma State could win this game if things played out a certain way. Because I... I thought Chuba Hubbard would have a really big day, and they were fantastic against him. I, I I, mean, so now we've got... What's bizarre about this matchup is you've got a game that these two have played before this, and it was a Jekyll and Hyde effort by both teams. Oklahoma was great in the second half. Baylor was terrible. Baylor was great in the first half. Oklahoma was terrible. So now you've got four more quarters. Like, who's going to be able to play great for three, you know, three or four of those quarters. We think the line will be. They go. You'll probably be favored. Three and a half. No, I was gonna say a little bit more. It it'll be more like. I was gonna six. say like. I was gonna yeah. say like eight and a half. 
think that high, huh? Eight, eight and a half. I don't know. I mean, I that's probably that's just a guess. I I think that probably seven. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. It's a great matchup for Oklahoma, just as far as you know. I think Mims will test Oklahoma a little bit. Uh, Charlie Brewer will test Oklahoma a little bit. Uh, you know, I I think we've all three agreed, or but all all three of us have agreed at some point that that was one of the hardest hitting games mm-hmm. that we've seen Oklahoma play in, and it's just it, it it's kind of is it's going to be intriguing. Like I think this is a better matchup than. OUTCU uh, in the first year of the the restored Big Twelve, maybe not as big as as last year with OU Texas, but yeah. it's probably it's certainly on that same playing field as far as uh, there's going to be a lot on the line Saturday morning in in Arlington. And what what's really helped is the way Baylor has bounced back because they won basically twenty four to three against Texas before that last second yeah. touchdown. That that's a good point, Bob. Nothing. Then sixty one to six. This wasn't a team that's deflated by giving up yeah. a 25-point yeah. lead. Well, and you know why the, I think that that is the case is for two reasons. One, Matt Rule is a hell of a football coach. He wasn't going to allow his team to do that, and they still had a lot to play for. And, and B, the other part of it, there's a lot of seniors on that Baylor team. There's a lot of guys that this will be their final chance to stick it to Oklahoma in a way. And oh, by the way, also win some, some hardware because of it. So... Uh, By the way, I, you know something that that you said on the way home that I think resonated with me about this game, and it's just one little matchup. But RJ Proctor really is playing really well. Yeah, I thought he played well. I mean, I there were multiple times that they ran to the left side, and it looked like RJ Proctor was the one that was kind of keying everything. And that was kind of you know that was. The, his first game, you know, kind of replacing Swinson, where you're just like, can he do this? Mm-hmm. And it worked. They won the game. They obviously played really well in the second half. Of course, you don't. A lot's going to be made out of the fact that they didn't have CD Lamb. I think a lot of OU fans will be yep. like, oh, just wait and see. We'll have mm-hmm. CD Lamb this time. Yeah. We don't do it. They don't do anything with him now. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> like, I don't know how much CD Lamb. Like, the best Jalen Hurts we've seen lately is the one without CeeDee Lamb in the second half against Baylor, as a passer at least. It it, it was also, you know, I, I think that we all kind of agreed too that in Waco, it was one of those games that OU just wore them down so much. How many how many plays did they run in the second half? It was like, it was an obnoxious number. It was like 60-something, wasn't They're it? They're kind of doing that to everybody, though. They and, are, and, but and can you, you, how, can you notice, do that an entire game? Yeah, but what here's what you also notice is not only... Is the offense pounding the other team? But the defense is wearing offenses down, I think, a little bit. I mean, I thought they wore Oklahoma State down tonight. Their offensive line, Oklahoma State, wore, Oklahoma wore them down. Yeah. Well, it's just, it, it's kind of, I was talking to somebody after the game up in the press box just as far as, I think there there was no better example of recruiting well and how it pays off mm-hmm. of going and getting highly ranked four-star kids going and getting uh your five-star kids even though i can't think of one that Actually made a difference did, on defense I, I guess yeah bookie in a way but it just there was no better example of recruiting matters in college football and that was kind of what you saw a glaring disparity in recruiting rankings i guess for a back of a lack of a better term than what you saw tonight in Stillwater with 
Oklahoma being able to throw some guys out there on defense and finally starting to develop some guys on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know what's crazy, though? Their defensive backfield blanketed OU's receivers all night. Okay, I was going to ask you guys, so how much of that was Hurts just not letting it go? Because there were a couple times that I thought, there's there, no there way were, that they don't I have a guy open. I remember a couple of times where Bob pointed out, this guy is wide open. If Hurts missed this the, guy the, wide open. Like, the biggest one was Lamb for a touchdown, where instead he hit Hall for like a 30-yard yeah. gain. Lamb was so open. From, from my visibly pissed about it. From my angle, you can you can see C.D. Lamb like coming into the middle of the screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Jeremiah, they still got 30 yards. Got 30 it's like, yards. It's, it, they're oh, using a good situation right now. People are mad because they're not getting the ball and they're winning games and they're still competing for national championships. It, look, it's one game left. I, you know, this whole Jalen Hurts thing has been interesting. I think it's probably caused a little bit of a riffle in the locker room between, you know, receivers that expect to get the ball more and there just haven't been as many passes this year, whether that's, Rambo or Lee Morris or you know Charles or uh, CD CD Lamb whoever like there's just not enough balls to go around the way this offense is is playing right now yeah when you're going 11 plays 93 yards when you're starting to do that time consuming stuff that it's it's taken away from it that first drive four plays 78 yards like okay but you look at this that like what we know this is why OU did what they did tonight like Oklahoma State was playing that three-man front yep. umbrella coverage all night long. Like they were designed, their defense was designed not to give up much in the passing game. And their OU took what you know people say it all the time, and sometimes it's cliche, but OU literally took what Oklahoma State was giving them tonight. I don't remember the Sooners really going deep too often. There's one early in the second half by Hertz that was. Terrible. Like I think it was double coverage, and it would have been he picked had off. Passes in the end zone. Yeah, I know. I'm not what you talk about, but he had some of those kind of under duress passes into the end zone. Ah, yes, that Lamb nowhere. almost had, but yeah. got knocked out. That right. was a really nice play. Yep. So I mean, I you know how Baylor plays. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they obviously stand a lot of guys up on the line of scrimmage, try and confuse you. But I think from what I've seen so far, I think Oklahoma State has a better secondary than Baylor does. The Harvey Pell guy. That was, by the way, what happened at the end of the football game? I got it. I got it. It's a it's a ten second runoff, right? So you go from forty eight so to thirty eight. The, the clock was and the play clocks at forty. Uh, yeah. And since you didn't, okay. since Gundy didn't take a timeout okay. to stop the ten second. Yeah. Done. It was okay. just game over. Okay. It was still really weird the on clock, the field. Yeah. The, I mean, the game clock. Didn't get the message or something. I don't know. Did stated, it just go straight to zero? Or it stated, stated 38, 38 forever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no play clock, of course, because the back judge had to keep the time during the entire second half. Yeah, there was a minute where everybody was kind of wondering, like, what's going to happen for the post game? Because I guess Gallagher Iba lost power hmm. is why the uh, the clocks went out. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Well, uh, it was a a nice convincing win for the Sooners. It was One, it, it was the best performance of the year. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. On that stage against that opponent. Yeah. I mean, early in the year you had some good wins against I guess, I guess lower level teams. Texas was probably the most dominating defensive performance, but at the same time it's like what's your trade-off? 9 sacks or holding an outside Heisman Trophy candidate to 25 yards in the second, uh, half. second half of yeah. your biggest game of the year? 
It was it was impressive. Do you think I, they cost. There was a lot to like. Do you think they cost Chuba a trip to New York tonight? Yes. Really? Uh, I do because I think you're gonna get Chase and Justin Fields. Well, I, guys. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I don't think they'll do more I would than four. Ag- I would agree that... Hurts, Burrow, the Buckeyes. He's not going, but I don't think he was going before that because... If he got 2,000 yards in a game like this... Again, yeah, I've said this many running times. Backs, it's a sham of a award. Running backs aren't allowed to win that. But I've said this Especially many times. Not non-power five. Barry Sanders... Blue blood. Was, was a, 1988. Was a Heisman Trophy candidate on a team that went 10-2, and two, and their only two losses were to Nebraska and Oklahoma that were top 10 teams. Yeah. Like, Chuba's team... You can say that it's the best player on the best team, but you've got to you've got to be a best team. I mean, can't lose four Oklahoma, games. You can't lose four games and have a Heisman Trophy finalist in this day and age. You just can't. I don't think you could in Barry Sanders' day. You could in you know Notre Dame in Paul the forties, yeah, <laughs> Paul Horning days. And if you are, you better have like twenty five hundred yards and yeah, literally I mean, win at, games for people. Look at the history. If you go and look, and there's places on the internet you can find. Where you can see who finished what in the voting, all those guys for the most part, except for Paul Horning, were on winning teams. Like Tommy McDonald, all those guys—they're mm-hmm. on really good teams. So you have to be on a really—you have to be on a playoff contending team to win a Heisman anymore. Unless you're like, well, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Louisville was really good that mm-hmm. year. Yeah, but statistically, I mean, I all, people always bring that up, like, oh, well, Lamar Jackson won at Louisville. It's like, go look at the numbers. Well, go and watch go that look Clemson at Lamar game Jackson. that year and tell me that that wasn't the best player on sure, the planet. Sure, absolutely. By the way, Lamar Jackson also is proving that he probably should have been the number one <laughs> pick in the draft. He's pretty damn good. Watch it. Baker might come after you. Uh, he's got his own Jesus Tonys to deal with. We're going to playoffs. We're going to the playoffs. We're back. I it's it's nice to be able to watch Baker Mayfield succeeding. It, like the the world is just brighter when Baker Mayfield. Is thrown for three forty-seven and three TDs. A lot more enjoyable than the other side of it. Yeah, they got a they got a big game Sunday. Although against he and Pittsburgh. Kyler can never seem to it's like duck. get together and both have big days. Uh, tomorrow might be the day. The Cardinals play the Rams, don't they? The yeah. Rams are awful. They got a terrible quarterback with Jared Goff. So we're only two two weeks away from Baker versus Kyler. Yeah, yeah December fifteenth. All right, well, we've got another week to go. Uh, We do have media coming up, just as usual, so the Unofficial 40 will be back again on Wednesday. It'll be back all the time, but uh, you'll still have plenty of football to hear from us about and uh, to talk about. So uh, Sooners win it tonight, 34-16. They're 11-1 on the season, regular season over. Now it is time to play for the Big 12 Championship where, as they say, uh, every team plays every team. Every game matters. Okay. I don't know. I guess they need to spend more money on advertising than Bob. It used to be one true champion, but we know that wasn't always true when yeah. <laughs> back in that day. Now every game matters. All right. Oh, God. We're going to have to see Bob Bowlesby next weekend, aren't we? Do it. Come on. You did it in the press box. Do not. <laughs> I don't know that I can do Bob Bowlesby on command. I've, I've, I've been kind of just hor- It's a mishmash impression. I'll work on it some more before I unveil it on the pod. Workshop it and show Josh. We'll show Josh on Sunday, uh, Wednesday. That sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you, guys, because it is now past 3.30 in the morning. Go home, get some sleep. 
I think I'm going to rewatch the game until I just can't keep my eyes open anymore. Uh, so thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. Thanks to all you for listening to the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. Uh, don't forget, EskridgeLexus.com. Go check him out. Go give Ed a holler. Uh, he'll do you a great deal on a new Lexus. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys after. There will be a Eskridge Lexus postgame pod after the Big 12 championship. Until then, we'll see you guys.